You are listening to The A Show, and you fine. Real fine. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You are listening to The A Show, episode 162. I am Justin here with Meals. Meals, we are on the cusp of Thanksgiving once again, my friend. Listen, it's Thanksgiving Eve. I don't know what that entails per se. I guess a lot of grocery shopping. That's what it entails for me. That's absolutely. Did that that all right. I, so we did part of that, and then we figured out, oh, we want more of this. Oh, we want more of that. Oh, we forgot some of this. Oh, we forgot some of that. So I'm definitely going to have to go back to the supermarket, which I've been doing, I guess, every every damn year at this point, ever since I was the precipice, ever since I can go to the store by myself. I've been going to the supermarket for Thanksgiving, but it feels good to have a holiday around. Yes, the circumstances itself isn't as great as it could be, but it feels good to have a holiday around. I love Thanksgiving. I love food. I love being able to eat without having to think about my diet. Um, oh, uh, so it has, is, is, the, is the food changing this year? Because I know for me last year, we had this conversation last year on the show you were kind of like, what are you? What are you doing? Are you really going to try and pull this off? When I told you everything I was going to make, and right? This year, uh, I had to be the bearer of bad news in a lot of ways. This year, mm. I had to not only tell my fiance that we're not going to Virginia uh, to to see my my people, but also that we're not going to have Thanksgiving with hers. So you know, I I am all around the Grinch in the house right now. Of course. Uh, but I mean, with that, you know, it's a little bit more time for, you know, for me to cook. But I don't feel like I need to make a turkey this year. I'm going to make a roast chicken and I'm going to make some ham and I'm going to like do a little bit. Of, it's going to be an abridged Thanksgiving. We might have less uh, leftovers, but we'll have more of a peace of mind. Listen, turkey's overrated anyway. Turkey is highly overrated. I have not eaten turkey on Thanksgiving. I can't tell you how long, maybe in like a decade, I haven't eaten turkey. Because it's like it's over one um, I come from a Caribbean family. We make way better things than turkey, like way better things. So it's like, and then the leftovers, it's like, it's not, turkey is not like chicken where it tastes good cold. Like turkey is just turkey. Like it's just cold, wet turkey. Like, ugh. Um, I'm good on, for Thanksgiving, I forgot what we we're doing. We're making fish. We're making chicken. We're making other stuff that I can't eat. Um, we're making... Gosh, Wait, I don't. You said you're ignoring your diet, so you can eat it. I'm, I'm gonna like mentally. I'm gonna say I can, and then I'm gonna get to it and be like, I'll take a little bit. Don't <laughs> don't put too much. Don't put too much. Like like rice is a thing that I've actually cut out. I haven't oh, yeah. actually eaten rice. I I mean, I eat it here and there, but compared to how much I ate rice before, I pretty much cut it out for like the last like I want to say like four months. I haven't barely eaten any rice. I think like, I eat more. I think I eat more rice now than I ever had, <laughs> because of my fiance. Obviously, she is Mexican and Filipina, right. and so like that's a part of everything she eats. Of course, yes. So like I can't escape rice. So like I kind of I've had to force it. You know me, like I hate anything that doesn't taste like anything. 
So like yeah. I I hated rice for a minute, and now I'm like, you know, what, let me add some rice to this. Let me let me put a little little scallions in it. You know, this turn this yeah. turn into an RNC cooks. This turn into an RNC cooks kind of low key. That episode. is fine. That is fine. Listen, rice is a big part of I guess the, a lot of stuff that I eat. A lot of stuff coming with rice and peas and all this other stuff like that. But I've just been kind of ignoring it. I might eat it this year, but I probably won't eat it past the first day. Like, I'm not going to eat leftovers of all the rice and stuff that I got. Just because it's like, I realize in terms of my own diet, it's just so, it just blows me up. Like, it's ridiculous, like, how much I I just get blown up from rice. So I've just stopped eating it, and I felt better. You know, it just is what it is. Shout out to the horns outside. Couldn't be an A-show without fucking cars honking in the background. But, you know... That's just that's just how it is. I'm excited for Thanksgiving. I'm excited to just kind of like chill. Yeah. That's all I can say. Just it's chill. Been a, it's been a crazy year. Uh, there have been small lights at the tunnel, even as you know, COVID rises like the dark night uh, amongst all of us. And again, I gotta say, we have got to we have got to be safe. You know, more than anything, make that sacrifice to make sure everybody is safe, make sure your people are safe. I've done it. Uh, I know Mills is doing it. I know a lot of people within RNC are doing it, you know, just to make sure that we can have, you know, Thanksgiving next year and the year after that. Like, just be safe out there, you know, more than more than anything this year. Even if you're flying or traveling, like, I don't want to come down too hard on people because I know it's been, a, it's been a hard year. But whatever you do, please be safe and protect you and, and you know, your family. Um, Mills, No Holds Barred is... Real light this week. I mean, there's not a lot of stuff that happened. The, I, I would say the only thing notable that I remember happening was last week. So we just recorded the show. We recorded a little bit early, actually. And then like five minutes after the show, you text me of like Becky Lynch pregnant photos with Seth. And I was just like, oh, this is amazing. This is amazing. Cool. This, was, really cool. this was what I wanted to see. This is what, you know, good to know that she's ready to pop. Apparently, Seth, I've heard from the internet um, so yeah so <laughs> take it as you will buddy murphy sent him <laughs> need him into oblivion and now he is on paternity leave shout out to that shout out to paternity leave shout out to not actually physically having kids but getting all the benefits of staying home anyway um it, it's it's real cool we'll talk about seth's uh weekend uh, a little bit later in the show but um I thought that that was incredibly wholesome and, you know, I, it's hard to, you know, I think people have said it on the timeline or within the chat, like where people are like happy, like we knew, like we know these two, but like essentially. I said we, that. Don't say people. Said I said that. I, I, that was I can, me. I remember. I can remember. But it, it was, it was really dope because, or it is really dope. You know, you're absolutely right because we see these people every single week. So like there's a sense of like, wow, we haven't seen Becky in six seven months now and that's really sad because you know we used to see we saw becky every single week at one point and to see like these two people happy and and flourishing and you know doing what they want to do like i'm i'm very very like again happy for both of them they're they're really awesome Uh, i agree i'm interested to hear the stories i'm interested to hear how the past nine months have been treating her since she found out the news and everything of the sort and how they've been avoiding COVID and what, you know, first time parents, both of them, how it's kind of, I don't know if we'll ever get that story, but I'm interested in hearing it if they're willing to share. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, it, it, that was fun. That was fun last week, but just, I, I agree. This week has just been, if you were a wrestling fan, it was kind of just like watching your old 
uncle finally get out in front of a lot of platforms and do a bunch of things that you're not used to seeing your old dead uncle um, do in front of the camera. If you <laughs> if you if you know what I'm talking about, for sure, for sure, absolutely. Uh, there's one thing. There's one thing that I did want to talk about on No Holds Bar before we kind of dip into the the fun thing, which is Survivor Series thoughts and a very special. Sorry if this offends this week. Sure. Um, Nick Khan. He was promoted to or hired as WWE president a couple of months ago. Came from ICM. Uh, we, we talked about him on the A show. No here. relation to Tony Khan, by the way. No relation. We gotta we gotta mention that every sing, every single time we talk about him. <laughs> that there's no, no relation. relation. But um, you know, we we talked about this being a really big big hire for WWE, and we have a little bit of news on them from the Observer about how Khan has been doing uh, since he was hired a couple of months ago, according to them. A familiar uh, or a source that's familiar with everyone working at the top level at WWE said that Khan is the sharpest, most street smart person in that position for quite some time. Also discussed how impressed they were with Khan's understanding of the business side of things, while also noting that the power dynamic with Vince McMahon could be interesting, given both history of calling their own shots. So they have a quote here saying, George Berrios uh, and Michelle Wilson, who were the former presidents, Berrios understood Wall Street. Michelle had a long list of connections and a tremendous market knowledge in terms of the TV landscape, emerging companies, and distribution portals. Uh, none of these people have Nick's common sense understanding of the true dynamic and bottom line street business. On the flip side, he's used to calling his own his own shots. Now he a- answers to a monarch, a dictator. This dynamic will be interesting to watch. And I think, I don't think that I'm crazy in thinking that a lot of the things that they've been doing in terms of stuff like the Twitch shit and all of that stuff is not something that Khan has put into place since he's been there, right? It's not crazy mm. to Because as soon as he got there, that's when the, the mandate was put down. I agree. I mean, all these uh, compliments sound great. It's almost like he's qualified for the job that he asked for. Um, <laughs> but it's a uh, no, you're right. It's great. Um, I, I, I can't say anything else. I mean, this is we've seen WWE over the last five years. We've seen them slowly try to creep their way into mainstream. They're like, oh, let's get on ESPN. Let's do that. We'll just be on ESPN. And that's where we'll kind of thing. And, and now they're on reality TV and all this other stuff. And now they've just kind of evolved more and their influence has spread more. We've talked about this plenty of times on the A show of just their influence now on the internet and just kind of wide and just their social media influence and, mm-hmm. and kind of everything like that. And, and, and yeah, we talked about the Twitch thing and, you know, I don't want to revisit the Twitch thing too much this week, but all these things are just because of the new hires they've had. They're making the right hires. That's it. Yeah. It, it just is what it is. We're going to see a, definitely see a different way of them doing business. And I think that Nick Khan and uh, there was another woman that they hired. I forgot her name. It, it escapes me right now. I'm trying to look back on our notes. I cannot remember. But those two are going to be instrumental in the influencer marketing strategies, creator strategies, all of that stuff. The 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 and uh, and again, this is this is pro wrestling. A lot of people are not concerned or worried about that. But this is the things that you know when the lights turn off at eleven o'clock or ten o'clock, whenever day. That's what they're still working on. And I think that absolutely these these are like business opportunities that are pushed by people that are that know from this quote what this is. And I'm surprised that no one's put two and two together yet. They're they're making this all events thing. I think it's really funny. Yeah, that is funny. I don't know how you can make it a Vince thing. Vince has been around forever. 
<laughs> like it's not like things have changed yeah. uh, because he's the one constant, legitimately yeah. the one constant. Uh, everyone else has changed around him, but besides him, besides him and Kevin Dunn. So, do you hear Roman? Um, you hear Roman snoring? No, I don't hear Roman snoring. Well, if you hear Roman snoring, I'm sorry. I think I say this in every single show that I report lately. He's right there. But um, yeah, that that is no hold barred. Let's talk. Let's talk about let's talk about Survivor Series. We can, we can get a lot out of Survivor Series because a lot went down uh, on Sunday. The Survivor Series from the Thunderdome, one of the final or the final pay per view that's going to be at the Thunderdome. Uh, a lot of matches happened. Not a lot of people were happy with it. I seen a lot of people that did thought it was cool, that they really enjoyed it. Uh, personally, I thought it was like a two-match show, and I thought the rest in between was just kind of like, okay. Um, I did enjoy the women's elimination a lot better than the men's one. Sue me. I'm sorry. Uh, but I, I thought that that happened. You? <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of people want to. They want to sue me. Mm, interesting. Um, I, I can't agree with the... I, I, I 100% agree with the women's one. The men's... All right, so... I mean, are we officially talking about can we can we run down the card? Can we at least go through the show? Do it. Go ahead. So that men's Survivor Series match, boy, it, it it became kind of absolutely and blatantly clear once the bell rang. And you know, compared to other Survivor Series match, I'll say over the last few years, they have those moments where they have those stare downs, and maybe it's because there is no crowd there. Maybe, maybe, but they also have noise. So. I'm trying to take that part out of it. My problem with the Thunderdome this past week is like, there are certain things where it should be a big deal and they needed to turn that volume up for, especially during Survivor Series. And I was like, they were not giving us the noise that we needed. I was just like, a lot of this stuff fell flat. Like even Oscar Lana, they can create a moment now, which, which is what they cannot do with human crowds. They had like no noise during that match. It was really weird. It was it, it was weird, absolutely. And it was weird kind of looking at this match because I think in past years prior, we usually have those stare downs. It's usually Raw versus SmackDown. You have those once in a lifetime face to face. We'll never see it. Maybe we'll see it at WrestleMania. Maybe we won't. You had none of that. You had no heat. You had no nothing. People just kind of came out and they existed. And it became painfully clear once you looked at the SmackDown team. First of all, let's talk about the SmackDown team a little bit because we, the final member that they added, the final member, they could have added anybody. They could have added Big E, who was legitimately moments later tro- walking around in what's, a, what's that game called again? Gears, Gears of War. Gears of War. Gears of War suit. They could have had him come out. They could have had him do something. No. They employ Otis. That last minute, last minute choice, too, on Friday. It was. It added nothing to the experience. It added nothing to the SmackDown team and it made it look painfully clear and, and Raw ends up sweeping the entire SmackDown team, which is like, wow, but it just wasn't no, it wasn't competitive at all. And, and no. when you look at last year's spectacular men's match and the spectacular women's match from last year as well, it just blows it out the water because there was a sense that either team could win. I don't think doing sweep uh, storylines for these elimination matches work anymore. I, I I thought they were cool, like back when DX did it that one year. But like th- this is this wasn't like to me, you know, the level of talent there. You did have a Seth Rollins who, I mean, again, he's going off the maternity leave, so I, it made sense that he would. You know, I thought it was a cool elimination, but I thought that again, it made the thought- look weak. <laughs> uh, I thought that. The thing is with the Seth Rollins thing, I thought at least on Friday night, 
at least on Friday night, you play it up a little bit more. Or at least earlier in the night, you play it up a little bit more. Because it happens, and we get why it happens. But it felt like there was a missing step between showing exactly what Seth Rollins was going through internally and why he wasn't fully prepared for that match. Like, it it, it didn't make sense to me of why he just... Because it 100% blew all of the wind out of the match immediately. When Seth Rollins is not going to be in that match, that competitive attitude that he usually brings with his matches is completely out the window. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you had KO and like three schlubs, kind of. I don't, you know, Baron Corbin is take him or leave him however you want. And the fact that the actual team, besides Jay and KO, had not even really interacted with one another. Like, yeah. like it was, it was, and there was a level of predictability to the show. I'm not going to lie because you saw what the storyline and what the focus were, was, especially with the Raw team having a storyline. I saw a lot of takes over the weekend or on Sunday night of they're just trying to make you watch Raw by doing this. And I'm like, that is absolutely not like it, it this is the first year where it seemed like the two storylines weren't interconnected right like it seemed like raw was doing its own thing and smackdown did its own thing and then they had to book it that night like if I, other absolutely years, other years it felt like they were booking it together this year it absolutely did not so i don't think that this was a hey we should watch raw it was whoever had the stronger storyline going into survivor series they pretty much won on the night it, it to me this match just didn't hit and it was incredibly disappointing and it was a disappointing opening to survivor series and you never want to have a disappointing opening match but when it comes down to the final person who was the final person in this yeah, match it wasn't so. yeah yeah so. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, it's, yeah we, we got to talk about that it was jay uso and it, I, would, I don't the thing is, it's like Jay Uso itself it's like I have nothing wrong or bad to say against Jay Uso he's just not He's not that uh that fi- or if you do the final person, you have to at least be competitive. At this point, he's been neutered to an extent where it's like you don't even truly believe in him as a person kind of anymore. He's kind of like an extension of Roman now. So yeah, you don't really believe in him as if this was maybe a month ago, if they maybe didn't have the Roman match and maybe they're having the Roman match at TLC, maybe you believe it because he has a wave of momentum following him. But you don't believe it now. This was my issue and my fear with putting him in this single role, having him lose twice, humiliatingly, both times, uh, and then lose to Drew. And then, like, I, I feel like you kind of make the KO and Daniel Bryan wins look kind of ridiculous at this point. Like, he's clearly winning, you know, matches that with people that, you know, if you want to be a top guy, you, you, you should win them against. But then, you know, he lost it to Daniel Bryan on Friday, so he got his win back. And now well, he's yeah, back. he's tapering. He's tapering off now. He's one hundred percent tapering off. Yeah, like it's 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 what I feared. It's like you you've been beat. You've beaten him so many times now that I didn't even believe him as the as the as the final guy there. And he just ended up throwing. And and again, like it goes into what we've been saying about him as a singles guy. He has like three moves. He did literally those three moves for like a whole minute. And I was just like, all right, y'all. Like, can we get this over with? Like, he threw fifteen right. at one point, and I was like, all right, you could have been having a, again, like you said, a big E trying to go the distance and we would have believed that because we would have right. said you know, Big E could probably pull this off. But Jay Uso is just such a loser at this point that it's just like I'm okay with him being the crony for Roman. I thought it it worked out really well in on the show, but at the end of the day he should not have been maybe not have been on the team. <laughs> maybe. Hmm. I mean, I think that entire team itself I 
and the thing is, it's like I don't particularly think it's a bad team. I just think the match was not competitive at all. You did nothing for the SmackDown side. You made them look completely terrible against a Raw side who, whether they won or not, I don't even know how much of them actually truly needed it. Because the Survivor Series existed in such a vacuum. It wasn't, there was no stakes on the line. So there was nothing really to lose. It was you winning a match or you losing a match. So even if Team Raw had lost a match, I think they would have came out the last night and kind of regurgitated still the same thing that happened on Monday night. So there was no stakes to the match. There was no heat to the match. There was no competitiveness to the match. All the wrong people got eliminated first. Um, it, it should have really just been down to KO. And KO could have done something. I think he would have at least put in so much effort into this match where you at least believe something or at least stood for something that I think that Jay Uso and, and, and Otis wouldn't have. I think Otis is new to the scene. He's not really going to be like, but I think that we should like be at least competitive. I don't think K- if maybe I'm speaking too much on backstage things, whatever it is, but I don't think KO, if he was the last person there, he's like, wait, and we get swept. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't even get, not even over AJ or anything like that. Like we just get swept. If it was the further, and we're spending a little bit way, we're spending way more time than we should have on this match. Oh, yeah, but if, yeah, yeah. If this was the further. If this was the further, the raw storyline. I think they did that well going into Monday. And that's all. I, that's really the last thing that I had to say about that. Like that's. I they, guess if they wanted to further the raw thing, then they they did a good job of doing that and creating feud out of that, which I figured that this was going to do for those guys because those five guys are literally raws, upper mid card and top card. That's literally all of them right there. So right, um, mm, they did. Yeah. Uh, next up, profits, true profits versus New Day. I, I was right for I was right on one thing. I wasn't right on the other thing. Were you right on that the profits will win? You didn't. Did you say that? Yeah. Oh, okay. I said the profits would win as well. So this match um, is spectacular. I I I have not been as enthralled. Listen, man, you just don't see shit like this, and I think that's the reason why I put it over so many tag teams, tag team matches this year. Because again. Representation fucking matters, bro. I'm not gonna lie I to you. Agree. I, I looked agree. and saw two black tag teams, top of the fucking class, two teams that are in a league of their own in terms of tag team success, single success as well. Uh, if you look at Kofi, getting to go out and get their shit off for 20 minutes and they fucking killed it. And Montez Ford to me looked like the biggest star of the night at that point. I agree, and I think. You know, it's just this is a very rare case because we're all putting the Raw Tag Team Champions and SmackDown Tag Team Champions. And if you look at the rest of the roster, it doesn't really compare. But both of these teams, I mean, the Street Profits entire year, I think when you make that argument for Tag Teams of the Year, I don't see how they're not in contention. And PWI did their tag team thing, and I'm not even sure where they landed. But I don't see how they're not in contention because they have been on a roll this year. And the New Day themselves have just years of just like build up to this thing. And, and, you know, Kofi Kingston, former WWE champion, Xavier Woods is no slouch himself. And they just have this type of match together. And it's just you. It's the ultimate two tag teams in WWE going up against each other. And that's kind of what Survivor Series is about. And they have this amazing match. And, yeah, I can't say much more about it, man. It was incredible from top to bottom. Yeah, I I've, I echo the thoughts of uh, Novak of the show our good pal novak um he said that you know the profits are the best tag team on smackdown they should not be losing anytime soon they should absolutely get the type of run that rivals the new day in stature and in importance and you know just 
them being able to be the top guys on a show. And I absolutely right. agree. They've earned it. They've really killed it. Um, you know, there was a time when these guys were just like, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it took them being an NXT, being an Evolve also. Remember, they were the tag team champions in Evolve as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that really broke them through. And, and their, their amazing work is so great match. Go out of your way to see that match. It's really, really yeah. good. I, I applaud them on, as opposed to what they did with the Survivor Series tag team match, at least build. At least build. You have a face versus face team. You're at least building the intensity and competitiveness between them. And I think it showed off 100% in this match. Um, Bobby Lashley, Sami Zayn. I, I didn't. We I can skip care. it. Yeah, yeah, we can skip it. Uh, Sasha versus Asuka. I, I saw a lot of people saying this was a classic. I didn't. I didn't. Do it. I didn't get a classic feel from this. I, no, me neither. I, I think they were just like, let's just do this and get it over with. Uh, let's finally give Sasha her win as a face over Asuka. Um, I thought, I mean, big win. I mean, Asuka pretty much, other than Charlotte, she is the horsewoman killer. Slayer, yeah, Slayer, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All of them all the time. So uh, good good for good for Sasha getting that win on Asuka. It was, it was a solid kind of three-star affair. I thought they were working. I think you even said it, Mills. They were working in one gear, uh, the one yeah. match. For the whole it match, picked up, it, it picked up towards the end. It picked up towards the end, but this, at there was just kind of like you'd know you'd seen this match before, and maybe like a better variation of it in the past. Yeah, we got so, we definitely got the better match at SummerSlam. Yeah, so you kind of got like I don't know if you feel sort of shortchanged, but you don't feel like you're seeing something like oh of. Something that you're like, oh my god, I'm tuned in, I'm interested in. We'd seen this match so many times this year. It was kind of in one gear throughout the thing of the match. It didn't really tell a great story. And then, you know, it picked up towards the end, and then it ended. With a roll-up, I'll say. With a roll-up. They're still trying to keep Asuka a little, you know, a little strong. It wasn't a definitive win. But you know what? Sasha Banks gets her win, though. Even Corey even said, like, I love that Corey said it wasn't as definitive as Sasha wanted. And I'm just like, y'all will protect Asuka to the ends of the earth, but won't do this when Charlotte beats her. No. Every Oscar, every Oscar lost to someone that's not Charlotte. It's like, ooh, she has some shit in her high. Or, ooh, it wasn't really finished. Or, she ain't tapped. Or, it really wasn't that good. It didn't really matter. Like, I was just like, okay. Like, she still beat her. But, okay, whatever. Uh, next up on the card, we had the women's elimination match. And this was the story match, if you will. Um, a lot of people mad about this match at the end. Um, I thought that, again... Storytelling was on point. Bianca Belair did have her star moment that we thought we would have. They do, they do have a lot of stock in her, and you, you see it here, as well as Peyton Royce. We finally saw what they see in Peyton Royce by having her pin Bailey, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> like, all right, so shout out to them adding Bailey and Natalia to the match. It made a great I picked they were gonna add Peyton Roy, I mean Billy Kay. I was delightfully, I mean, proven wrong, I guess. Um, but she's still going around showing her resume. But I like that they added Bailey and Natalia to the match. I think SmackDown had a really solid team. And Team Raw was kind of like heavy at the top, no pun intended, and then just kind of like whatever. Um, but Team Raw versus Team SmackDown, I, I really liked the way it ended. And I can't say that I, that it's very hard to protect four women and <laughs> at yeah. the end of a match, there was way. Too, let me tell you, there was way too much protecting on Survivor Series. There was way too much protecting on Raw. Way too much. It is okay I to agree. take a finisher. It's it's okay to take a finisher once in a while. It really is okay. The amount of roll up finishes that we have seen in the past couple of days are ridiculous. 
I agree. I agree. I agree. But at the at the end of this match, I mean, they they have Peyton Royce eliminate Bailey, which was like whoa. But then it's like, all right, so what are you going to do with that? And then Peyton Royce is never seen again, probably. <laughs> um, but then it looks like they start setting up Bianca Bailey on Twitter, so it's like it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think they should. I think they should. Honestly, I think if if Bailey's doing if Bailey's doing jobs to Peyton Royce, do a do a reputable. Yeah, let's get a reputable job to Miss Belair. Let's let's uh, let's do it with class. Let's do it with style. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but I think you know, just at the end of the match of Bianca Belair being the sole survivor on the SmackDown team, having to go up against Shayna Baszler, um, the choke thing, and then still protecting the choke, but also like at this end of the day, which was stupid on Shayna Baszler's part. It's like, why are you keeping it on a past five? Like, this is your finisher. You should know how submissions work. But it is. They kept her finisher protected all the other protected then they have the bailey bianca versus nia Jax thing that went on that led to a double count out which gave lana the default victory which i think it's an amazing and smart and original finish that they don't do i don't think i've seen it at survivor series ever you know yeah yeah like and and for that to be a fresh kind of finish to the match and it it, it just lana's role in it of just her standing there and not really contributing, but also now 100% the ire of Nia Jax because Lana was the sole survivor instead of Nia. It was incredible. Right. I, I, I thought it was incredible banter. People were like, well, I would have wanted uh, Lana to hit uh, Nia or somebody to make it. I was just like, come on, guys. They're, that's not the story they were telling. And the thing is, they continued the story into Raw by showing that Lana is still deathly afraid of all of these women. That mm-hmm. was story was not that she was just going to get balls overnight that's not the story they were telling it's like survivor series wasn't the blow-off because there can't be a blow-off because it's not a blow-off show it's literally like an all-star show so there was no there was not going to be any storylines progressing like that but also i feel and i'll say this um it was it was tweeted to me by cj on twitter and he says i don't think they actually have a a planned finish for this program (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like oh, no. I don't think I don't think they actually have a finish to this program. Like it's continuing to go week by week, but I don't think they have an actual like. Okay, where does this lead to? Yeah, because the finish is uh, the finish would be Lana either getting a title or get, becoming a tag team champion. That's mm-hmm. the finish. I, I and I don't think that, I don't think either of those are going to happen unless like and let's just be clear like we do not want to see. Uh, Naya versus Asuka or somebody like that. Like, we really just really want to see Shane, Shane and Asuka. And I wish they would just get to it already. Like, they, they at first I was like, okay, this is cool to, to kind of put her off the belt for a while. And I was like, okay, it's now starting to overshadow Shayna because she has less to do here than Naya does. Right, right. True, true. Also, by the way, sidebar, did you see Lana's Chronicle, WWE Chronicle? Yeah, man, that shit was depressing, bro. It was <laughs> but it was, I also felt like it was completely a work. So, like, I wasn't too mad about it. It felt like it was completely, like, acting. It could have been. It could have been. No, I I genuinely think she feels that way. I think she's generally, from everything kind of on Total Divas and sort of everything that I've seen and kind of everything, it kind of lines up here of her being underestimated. And she's even had altercations with Nia Jax in the past. It was like, Nia, you can't even talk. Like, you you just walk around and do all these things. And Nia's like, you can't even wrestle. So what does it matter to you? Like, I'm a bad bitch. And they have this thing on, which may have also been staged. But I think Lana, I think it opened the eyes. And I think it told a story that not a lot of 
stories they've told on Chronicle of how people and fans truly affect the mental mind state of wrestlers. Mm-hmm. I think we get on Chronicle, you know, a lot of these established acts who kind of just like, okay, and they're respected by fans and they're respected by stuff, but they, we finally got one who's just like maybe not respected but looking to earn respect and has been trying to earn respect for a couple of years. And you kind of really see the hate a lot of full form and in front of your face and how it truly affects a person. I thought that was pretty strong and pretty bold of them to tell that and at least show that. So they kind of hold some sort of responsibility and maybe have the fans who may be bad to Lana kind of really look in the mirror and say like, yo, is this really worth it? And I hope that's what happened. But I'll say that for WWE Chronicle. It was it was an interesting watch. I'll say that. It was an interesting watch. Yeah, it was a it was a rare chronicle where the person didn't lose. They actually won. So there we go. Mm. The streak is broken. Um, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. Ooh, hey, can we ha- we gotta have a combo about Drew? Uh, Drew. We're gonna have the combo in a couple weeks because we've had so many. We've, we're definitely gonna have it in a couple weeks for sure. Yeah, we're gonna, well, we're not gonna do it yet, but but Drew, he don't miss, and. I think that there, there's a certain time that passes. And granted, yes, he's working on Roman Reigns, but he gave us a different Roman Reigns match than we ever seen. How, how did you feel of, of him losing, though? How did you feel about that? They protect, again, like I said, a lot of protecting going on this week. They protected the shit out of him. He kicked out of a spear. He kicked out or, or he got back in the ring after getting put through a table. Um, he took he, he was taken to the limit. And again, they they've really created... Uh, a character for Drew, where he is one of the one of the baby faces that feels like a fucking baby face, right? Like a baby face, mm-hmm. like '90s, early 2000s, Cena level type baby face, where it feels like nothing can stop them, and and they are really you know put over really strong. But you had the low blow, you had the USO interference, and then you had another spear. I think to me that's enough that would have put him down. I think that would have put Brock down too. But um, I really want to talk about the new heel Roman Reigns offense, which I thought was more slow, methodical, uh, very, very like a lot, a lot more holds that he, you know, that, that we're used to seeing him use. Um, I, I really like this new style of him. It's not explosive anymore. He's literally just trying to beat the shit out of you. Well, yeah, I think a lot of it, a lot of his face offense was just really good timing at very points with this very flat. I won't say flashy moveset, but it was it was cool. It was one of those move sets where you're like, damn, as a kid, if I were eight years old, I'd be like, yo, Roman Reigns is fucking incredible. I mean, I am at 30 years old. He's incredible. But at at this point now, he's kind of transformed this move set. He's added that guillotine submission, which, you know, I'm a fan, kind of not a fan of. I think, you know. I think it's because it, you don't see his, you, it's not, again, it's not explosive. You don't see his face, right? And I think yeah. that's there is that you don't see Roman's face when you're doing when or if he is doing it he's probably gonna ham it up like he's probably gonna put his tongue out and, and all the other shit um I, I i would maybe if he could use a cross face i would 100 go with that i think the cross face at like you can't see the person's face if you're on the wrong you know side of the camera you can't see roman's face so it's a lot of like things. I think if you use the cross space, if we can actually use that as a finisher in 2020, I think it would be a lot better or a lot bigger deal of uh, visually him really just dismantling these wrestlers. But overall, the match was great. The match was, it lived up to the hype. It lived up to the main event status. It Absolutely. is rare that um, 
it is rare that a card is built around the main event and it is truly the main event that delivers on the show. Usually we're kind of jaded to the point where it's like, oh, this undercard match, I mean, Street Profits versus New Day, that really stole the show. But to have the main event do main event things, I mean... Very rare. <laughs> very rare. <laughs> to have the main event actually, like, really pull it off and, um, I, I, and again, make both guys look really like they were the biggest deals in this company. And I know that raw doesn't feel like the big deal, but drew feels like a big deal on raw, you know? So it's like, if he, he, even if nothing else on that show matters, he will always get my attention at least when he's on screen, you know? And, and I thought it was actually very telling that he wasn't on raw this week, you know, but it was, but, but again, he's the biggest star on that show. And I think for someone to be rehab so crazy like this, you have to talk about it. Like it's really incredible. Mm, absolutely so overall meals would you say just two matches from this show you need to watch or what what, what are you gonna say i wouldn't oh god wait till they put it up on youtube in 2021 <laughs> wow oh yeah they're gonna definitely put all they put literally last year's whole show on youtube this yeah year. yeah they they do that all the time i would say that i i would watch street profits in the main event i really wouldn't pay, waste my time watching any of the other parts of the show it was a really great show and then the way it ended with the undertaker thing um or i was confused <laughs> well i think we thought it would feel better and bigger and i think that people felt like he was going to break character but he's not going to do that on the TV. He's going to do that outside of the ring. And I think why did they bring of- out, why they spent 20 minutes bringing out all those old people? Yeah, that's my, know. that's my yeah. like, Oh, they're here to salute the undertaker. Great. You know where you could have done that? Twitter. <laughs> like you could have done that in a video package. You could have done that there to bring out Phineas Godwin and the other guy and, and all these other people and, and and everyone that's been part of his career, I guess, Rikishi, all these other things, and them that have no interaction with The Undertaker at all. Just awkward. so weird. Yeah, yeah very really awkward. Weird. And then Undertaker comes out and he does his whole shtick and he's like, it's time for The Undertaker to rest in peace. And then he leaves. <laughs> and then I'm like, what was... What was the hot ones about? What was the TikTok dances? What was all this other shit about? The hot ones was to get you to to watch that part of the show. I mean, to be honest with you, it felt like Survivor Series was a means to an end to just get that section, that little 30-minute section over with because Mm -hmm. that was clearly the moment that they were, I I guess, cutting the matches short for, you know, especially the men's match or or Sasha, Asuka. Like Like, these are matches that had a lot of time that I feel as though got cut just to make room for this happening. So, like... This was the the main attraction, not anything else. I took it at face value, and I was just like, okay, I guess the Undertaker's, uh, he's done. I bet they had a better party in the back. I'm just, you know, catering was, you know, all Undertaker-themed or something. I hope they were wearing masks. I really hope they were wearing masks. You know um, they weren't. <laughs> but speaking of, 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 of masks and the Undertaker, I, I want to get a little bit serious with you guys for a second. Here we go. I can be serious for a minute. Without being interrupted. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened here? What happened? Whoa, whoa. What what was that? You hear that? What the hell was that? I don't know. That that was scary. Um, I'm not going to be too serious today. I know people want me to be serious for a second, and they want me to offend someone. 
And it's a special week. It's a week to give back things. I think we can still do that, by the way. This <laughs> <laughs> is a week to, to give thanks. Obviously, I'm a big Undertaker fan. Mills is a big Undertaker fan. Something that happened over the weekend disturbed me, okay? Mm-hmm. And I, I want to play four... I, I, I want to rate these out of like five tombstones, uh, one to five tombstones for these Undertaker cameos. Have you have you hear, heard any of these? I've only heard one, and I can't believe we're going to sit through four. But I'm ready. Yeah. Let's do this. These are just these are just snippets, and I and I really want to thank the account Boss Moz on Twitter. I ripped these from his Twitter and made them into MP3 so that we could have them today. Um, I just want to play a couple, and I want to I want to rate them. Okay. How great would it be if we, this was an actual fucking show? You know what I'm saying? Like, we had visuals. We had all the other things, and we could just bring this up, man. One day. One day. We'll one get day there. We're going to do that. We're going to do that one day. I'm going to play this first one, okay? Okay. Uh, this, is, uh, this, uh, this has to be heard to be, to be explained. And AJ, you fine. Real. <laughs> real. Anybody who doesn't like it can rest in peace. Now, <laughs> sir, if you could see my face, this is why well, we need a visual aspect of the show. Now, let's just get this out of the way right here. Undertaker took $1,000 from about 30 or so accounts over the weekend. To, <laughs> not, took you, a third, not took a thousand dollars. Mind you, Biggie and KO and all these motherfuckers are backstage. Like, are you fucking serious right now? But he, took, he took a thousand dollars to do these cameos in front of spooky lighting inside of the Thunderdome um, for a lot of his fans, which again, admittedly, cool, whatever. People spend their money, let them spend their money on whatever they want to spend their money on in a panoramic, in a pandemic. Mm. Mm. But, you know, you get things like this on Cameo. Before we rate this one, do you, what do you think this does to the aura of The Undertaker? Like, is he just, like, on the way out, like, burning this character to the ground? Because there's no way this character can come back after this. He is a legitimately... What's a good word to put this? I guess, I don't know. It kind of feels hoary. Like, a kind of a whore. Like, kind of... Uh, He's being trotted out to entertain fans, and that's kind of it. And then it was like, "We'll get back in your cage, monkey." Like we're oh going God. to, <laughs> like we're going to, and we're going to get you out and make you dance some more later. Undertaker has said, "Monkey." I just don't know <laughs> if well, it was his character. Well, I feel like all right. So we got. What do you rate this one as? <laughs> I, I think, you know, the you find as hell is definitely something that you will be hearing on this show very often. Um, I, I think what, what brings it to a four tombstones for me is the. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like he was like about to like go in, go in. You know what I mean, the, the you find as hell, just the, the first of all, the you find and then the pun with the hell. I got to give it five tombstones. I can't I can't give it anything lower than that. It's just five masterful. OK, here we go. Um, this one, this next one's kind of, kind of out there, but I want you to bear with me because it's okay. going to sound, it's going to sound like something that's going on within our political, you know, spectrum, but then it's going to get a lot better. So here, here goes this next one. Okay. And all the votes have been cast and they've all been tallied. <laughs> and it looks like you, Robbie, are the greatest Undertaker fan of the last 30 years. 
with you and your collectibles. You've become the number one fan of The Undertaker. The number one fan. The number one creature of the night. Robbie, you are the man. And you are the number one fan. Yeah. So that one, oh it, was my God. Little, it was <laughs> it was a little scary. <laughs> oh, the votes have been cast. Trump. Yeah. <laughs> and you've been determined to actually win the state of, of Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> be in these fucking states. <laughs> yeah, that I gotta give that one. A, I give that one a five. I think that he I'm, brought he brought it back around really well. I'm giving it a four. <laughs> I'm okay. just gonna give it a four. I'm gonna give it a four. Are, are you ready? Are you ready? Shout for out to Robbie. One? Shout out to Robbie. Whoever you are. All the collectibles. Gotta make sure you talk about the collectibles. Um, this one is. Um, I'll just play it, and it's this character shouldn't be saying this shit. I'll just say this. You okay. take day by day, step by step, and each day there's things are gonna get much better. And one day, your heart surgery will be a distant memory. <laughs> but I won't, because I'll be haunting your dreams. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was part of a larger cameo. Uh, that was part of a larger recording. I think it was a little too long uh, for this. But <clears throat> I, 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 I got to give it a five. This one's great. Telling, a heart, telling someone who has about to have heart surgery that you're going to haunt their, their dreams is, is, is really good. It's great. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't know what to give this. I'm so, I'm so out of my you element have, right you now. Haven't heard this one. You have not heard that one. You had I've one hundred percent had never heard that one. Um, <laughs> it's him. It's literally him. I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a four. Okay, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Okay, this last one before we go to break. Okay. Um, it, I, this has to be heard to be believed, okay? This is like mm-hmm. the level of cameos that he was doing right before Survivor Series on Sunday. All elite Scooby-Doo. That's how I'm going to address you. Well, all elite Scooby-Doo. Congratulations, I'm getting married. You did the right thing. <laughs> that is how I'm going to address you. <laughs> you did the right thing. Did the right by thing? Getting, by getting married. What do you give this one? Oh, my God. I'm going to give it a four. I give it a four, too. I like it. I'm I, I think give it a four. Undertaker is the cameo model, cameo, you know, Kung, Kung Siglier. I think he's going to do real well. I think he's going to uh, do great. We both agree that, that that Hello Granny one gets six stars, right? Like even yeah. Tokyo Dome, anywhere, that yeah. is a six-star match on any, <laughs> in any then, venue. Then you get this. You're fine. Uh-huh. Real fine. Yeah. <laughs> you get that. And it, it gets kind of it, it scary right there. But, um, you know. Shout out to The Undertaker. How long do you think it took him to record this? Ballpark. Oh. Let's ballpark this. He's, he's there. It's Saturday. It's not even Sunday. It's Saturday. He's got 
it's it's between streaming, uh, doing a live Instagram live with Snoop Dogg, and, <laughs> and at least three hours to do that. But right before he came out, he was he just and, and and by the way, WWE legitimately just uploaded a clip of the Undertaker. Um, WWE teams up with Omazi to prank the WWE universe. So and he's and and he's recording 33 cameos in full gear, full makeup, full voice. (laughs) How long do you think this takes him? At least four or four or five hours. That's a that's just dedication right there. That's just that dead man dedication. That's how you do it. And speaking of dedication, get back from break. We're going to talk about Raw. (laughs) So stay tuned with us. On the A-Show. So you like that? You like that feel? That old school Undertaker had to, had to throw it back for for the God. It's nothing but the 1999 theme still trumps. Still my favorite. That well, and um, I went back to his his you know his original. Of course, of, of course. You know the the instruments were hitting a little bit different. I think it was recorded in analog. I don't I don't remember, um, but it, it sounds different and it sounds very very crisp. So I'll give it that. Be fine, <laughs> real fine. I hate you so goddamn much. <laughs> okay, let's talk about let's talk about uh, Raw. Uh, what? Let's talk about SmackDown first. Actually, um, SmackDown. We have a Most, clear direction, yeah. kind of, of of TLC for Raw. Kind of, sorta. We'll know next week. I'm pretty sure we can probably guess who's going to come back and what's going to happen. But um, SmackDown seems a little bit out there as far as if Roman will actually work TLC. He might not. Who knows? There's a, chance, there's a huge chance Roman is not going to work TLC. Let's just be clear. Why do you say that? I feel like he has a lot more control over when and where he works at. And this will, I think Survivor Series will be like his third in a row pay-per-view he's worked. I don't see any reasonable challengers right now, especially within the next three weeks that could like come out and, and actually do this thing. So I'm thinking we're going to see Jay in a TLC match or, the, or Roman and Jay in a tag TLC match or something like that. That would be fire. I, I, I'm not fully sure where they're going either. I would actually, what I would like them to do is the number one contender route that they did with Raw, except not those, not the stupid thing that they did on Raw, which I kind of hate now. But I, I would like them to do a number one contender situation. Let's crown a number one contender. Let's not just give it to a person <laughs> like Jey Uso. Um, let's, <laughs> let's crown someone. Let's get someone who deserves it, whether they just, you know, and and it's also is December. Who the fuck cares at this point? Give it to anybody. Give it to give it to whoever's on the show that's not really being used. You give it to Kevin Owens. You give it to Daniel Bryan. You give it to fucking I mean, honestly, Murphy. Honestly, <laughs> you know Roman working a lot of these matches uh, as a heel against guys that he's faced as a face makes anything that he does at this point interesting and must see. So anything works, writers. <laughs> Just write something good. Anything will work with Roman right now. Literally anything. Um, then we had, uh, buddy take, buddy taking down Seth Rollins. He finally, uh, defeated the demon and, uh, Seth is on to greener pastures. I thought the match was a banger. I thought it was really, really good. 
Um, and Buddy gets the win over Seth Rollins, sending him out uh, to go ahead and go on home and become a family man. I, I mean, when do you think we'll see Seth again? Maybe Romania Rumble. time? Rumble? Gotta, huh? be, gotta be Rumble. No. Wait, no. when's Becky having this kid? Yeah, yeah, Rumble. Paternity leave. Paternity leave is very serious. Brian was gone for at least three months, I think. Brian is f- over wrestling. <laughs> That's what Brian is. Well, Have you seen his haircut? Clearly he's over it. It's Seth's first child again. So I I, I don't want to put what Daniel Bryan believes on Seth. And I don't think they're the same person in how they see things in the world. I think Seth once and, and especially considering, you know, Becky is also like, yo, go do your thing. You know, be right here just one day a week. Like, just come home and make sure you masked up. You know what I'm saying? I think I think it's considerable. I mean, if he's out from November what is it? November 22nd or something um, to January 20 something. That's eight weeks. That's a paternity leave. I don't know if WWE's listen, if WWE is showing out three month paternity leave, <laughs> sign me up. I mean, low key, it's just three to six months. And if they're progressive, then that, that seems about right as far as as long as he's going to be. At least I, I think you don't see him till at least March. You're wilding. Nah. Nah, I, I'm serious. He needs, to, he needs some time off. He worked the whole pandemic. Like, give him some time off, man. He would he literally work the whole pandemic meals and the whole he'd year. Right. He'd be right. This is him though. This is what he signed up for. What do you what do you want me to I, I, I agree. I agree. We'll get you. Listen, I agree that he worked the entire pandemic, but guess what? You're a wrestler. And yes, you you're working the entire pandemic. If you don't want to work the entire pandemic, get a job. Get a job like me and <laughs> and work from home. I don't know what to tell you. Do y'all hear this? Right, listen. <laughs> Hey, it ain't me. It, it don't just be me, y'all. I'm telling you, it don't just just playing. No, uh, I thought SmackDown was okay on Friday. I was, yeah, I was just leading the Survivor Series. Just leading. Not, not much to talk about there, but on Raw, a lot of stuff happened. Um, I really just want to start Raw with with I, I got to give my flowers to Riddle and, and Sheamus. They put on a absolute banger. Pay per view quality. Why wasn't this on Survivor Series type shit? But I thought the first two matches they had were okay. This one really was the best match they've had on TV so far. They would have never got this amount of time on Survivor Series. <laughs> That's probably the way, why. It, the way that they're pushing Riddle right now, like, it's kind of crazy. This guy gets multiple segments in a night. I agree. Even the one where he's out there pitching pizza-flavored yogurt to MVP. And yeah. for whatever reason, I don't know. Bobby's not even in the match next week. He's, I'm very... So- I'm very concerned about them potentially pushing him down the, not pushing him down people's throats, but his character being so grating that he actually becomes dislikable, which I almost feel like they're trying to do. It could be. I mean, I think it could be. I think they're trying to still be likable. I think probably the worst thing that would happen to him is that he, uh, it, it just ends. Something else shows up something else or it just continues. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a perpetual, like the Alistair thing where it was a push. That was just a perpetual push until it just stopped. But Riddle got to, <laughs> Riddle, Riddle got to be in the ring way more than Alistair has in the literal first nine months he was like in that in that storage room talking. Well, well, yeah, you're you're one hundred percent right, and I think that's because he has a character that actually gets across. So maybe it's a little bit different here, but I mean, it was a great match. I didn't want to see it. I'll be honest with you. The the I'll be honest with you. The first the opening segment. Not even open segment. Whatever segment where Adam Pierce is recovering from getting, 
yoked up by Brock. It, it took three segments for him to explain whatever the fuck he was trying to explain. What was that about? Like, <laughs> so weird. And it was like, it's always so noticeable when they're trying to pad out time on Raw by putting it in between a commercial break, a segment that goes right back to the ring, and then coming right back to Adam Pierce. I'm like, yo, they were trying to pad out this three hours like crazy tonight. It was insane. And I also think, just in general, the concept of having three matches and then the winner faces as a triple threat match, I kind of hate it now. Because Raw has done it so many times. I kind of hate it. I kind of want my number one contender now. And especially considering the, the rumors that are out there, considering who's going to be in the match anyway, I feel like I'm going to hate it even more next week. Why? Oh, because we know that Braun's going to come back. Yeah. Yeah, and, he's it, and then he's going to get the title shot. And right, so you have all these three matches that kind of occur for really no reason. Okay. Now I won't say no reason, but if no, if if that if one of those three don't become number one contender, I'm looking at this like that's f- a problem. Yeah, like you you guys wasted a whole bunch of time, and he could have just done the Braun. You, you could have just had Braun attack Drew or something. Yeah, I um. I would like to see a direction for Riddle and Keith Lee because that seems to be their their two top baby faces um, on that level right now. Mm-hmm. It seems to me to be Riddle. It seems to be to be Drew, a couple rungs, then Riddle, a couple rungs, then Keith Lee. So mm-hmm. I would love to see you know something happen with that. Um, I I know people were very upset at the Braun thing, and I'm looking at it pragmatically like okay. We know the match is going to be fire because it's probably going to be a gimmick match. And I think, you know, we, we know it's Drew, but I think... It's Drew, I, yeah, it's Drew. I, I absolutely agree. Storyline-wise, it's going to be but Like, I know it's going to be ass. But if this is just to get Drew to Royal Rumble, I'm okay with it. You know, and, and I think if it's just a really fun match in December, that's fine. Like, Drew needs to have, like, these one-off matches. That's okay. Seth did it with, with Braun, what, a year ago? Uh, mm-hmm. when, when he beat Braun with a pedigree or whatever. That's fine, but I absolutely agree with you. Like, if this is something that leads to nothing, at least give Riddle and Keith Lee, at least have them face, and I want to talk about this too, uh, Bobby Lashley, who is seemingly holding this U.S. title for no damn reason at this point. And like, I'm, I'm like, I really would love to see either Riddle or Keith Lee take that off of him. I would have loved to see, let's do a six-way main event for Raw next week. And instead of having all six guys having to qualify, you just have a six-way elimination main event on Raw, have it go... I won't say the entire hour, but you fill up a good portion of the hour next week and you have a match that people haven't seen before and someone goes a distance and then Braun shows up and Braun's it all over the place. So I'm just over the whole three match. But we got a really good Riddle and Sheamus match. You got a, um, what was it, Bobby versus Keith, which is something we've never seen before. Really weird because, again, more protecting. You saw it in the Riddle match. As much as I liked it, another roll-up finish and neither of these guys doing their finisher. That was dumb. It was so weird. And again, Bobby, uh, Keith Lee. Not Why did MVP interfere? <laughs> I, and, and you know what? That was weird. It felt like it was out of nowhere because MVP never does that. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't even do it for the for the tag the team match. The movie match. Why did he make no fucking sense? <laughs> which is like they, they, and that had like nothing. That, like that had like 
more stakes than this match really, honestly, realistically did. Because even if he lost the match, he still would be the U.S. champion. It made no fucking sense. That's but, what um, I'm saying. Like, honestly, to be honest with you, that whole also the tag team match, a little aside on it. Like, if you're a person that's going to be standing ringside, you need to somehow affect the match somehow. Or at least to be some sort of thing. If you're going to just be there and just stand there and be an on watcher, you don't need to be there. You can watch from the back. The fact that MVP didn't get involved in this match that went like two or three falls, <laughs> surprisingly. And then and they got restarted. Yeah, and then argued that they should get a rematch and then did nothing to secure that they got the belt. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I think it's an it's a issue of they've protected the Hurt Business so much and now they're overprotected. Like, you have a show on, you have a, you have a Raw where they have so many guys that they don't want to beat any of them. Even You saw it even with the AJ Styles-Horton thing. It's mm-hmm. like Orton seems to be the only guy that's willing to take losses on this brand. Yeah. Back to back weeks took losses like like complete like men have been clean, but completely took a loss in, in any way, shape or form. He, he still took the loss. Why are we protecting Sheamus at this point? Why are we protecting? And I, and I know they're lining him up for, for a Drew shit, but like this is just a, a regular weird night after Survivor Series in November. He's going to be fine. You can heat him up. But why are we protecting Bobby Lashley against Keith Lee, who you guys just had beat Orton clean? Yeah. Like, what, what is, what did, why couldn't he take the pinfall? And if this is leading to Keith Lee winning the U.S. title, I'm absolutely all for it. He needs to have something to get him going. He needs to get going soon, especially going into 2021. But, like, I don't know. It, it, it just seemed weird to have a Raw, which, again, I didn't hate the show. I just I thought the matches carried the show. Honestly. I agree. The matches I carried agree. the show because there was weird stuff in between it, but the matches made the show passable to me. Sidebar, but, sidebar, sidebar. Um I it's been a couple months now looking at the US championship. I kinda hate it now. Oh wow. <laughs> I kinda think it looks disgusting what now. What if it's on a bigger dude like a Keith Lee? Like a bigger It's guy. not even that. It's just it's kinda gaudy. Now yeah. it just looks it looks kinda ugly. Like Bob and Bobby looks great holding any championship. But that belt looks kinda gaudy. Like it kinda looks like overdone. It looks like like bling. You know what I'm saying? Like it looks it doesn't look like a championship. It does look like a 2006 type thing that John Cena would have carried around. Yeah, it, it doesn't look right. You're right, but you know it is what it is. Um, yeah, I, I again like the the I thought that coming out of Survivor Series, like I said earlier, I think the story is sound in having all five of these guys now interchangeable because all five of these guys could have really great matches. So we'll be able to see a Keith Lee Matt, or, or Riddle. We'll be able to see an AJ, Keith Lee. We'll be able to see all of these things happen. The story has to make sense. Stop protecting right. guys, bro. Like, and, it, and let's have, it, you need a direction as well. It can't just be a perpetual state of them just dance, switching dance partners every other week on Raw because that's kind of what happens on Raw. Like you yeah. see Keith Lee, he's he's wrestling every week, but there's nothing really where it's like striving for. You don't really see a direction. Same with Sheamus, same with... Matt Riddle, you see going up, but it's not like you're, they're hinting towards the WWE Championship aspirations or at least leaning in towards that. Like these people are just perpetually wrestling in a constant state of just matches on Raw and matches and matches and matches. And none of these matches mean anything. That's my and problem the, with Raw. And the only male on the show that has anything that means worth a damn is Drew. So they were so close this week, Meals, to actually having a storyline that I could get involved in. And giving us some some defined wins and some defined winners and baby faces on the show, but they they just slipped up when you had. And again, I won't. I'm not going to drag down Riddle Sheamus for that because I feel like they're doing fine with Riddle. I actually think they're doing great with Riddle right now. But with mm-hmm. Keith, 
It's like, you shouldn't have had that finish if this is going to be a guy that you're realistically going to be saying this could be the guy that could potentially win a number one contendership next week and a match that we want to fucking see anyway because he's right. been trying to get to Drew for months now. I so agree. It, again, it, it, it made no sense to me. And, and you know, as the nucleus of it being like, I really enjoy and, and again, like there are things about Raw that I actually think could work well. Riddle could work well. Keith Lee can work well. Drew is already working well. They have to get those two to that level. And they're, they're, they don't have a lot of time to do that because it's almost Rumble season. Period. They, they don't have a lot of time to do that. And they got to get these guys going. Um, speaking of Orton and AJ, the thing in Orton seems to be the direction. So I'm, I'm guessing that's where we're going to be getting at TLC. So. I'm I'm guessing we're going to get this a lot farther than TLC. <laughs> oh, boy. I bet, yeah. I bet this is going to go on for a while. They got to get it to a level where Edge comes back. So I would imagine that this, you're right, this is going to be going for a minute until Edge comes back. And boy, oh boy, you better pray. You better pray that Orton comes out on top of this feud because if he doesn't, I got a feeling that 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 rumor with Edge and Fiend is going to happen, bud. Yeah, I I agree. Well, Well, speaking of Fiend, let's talk about it on the flip side. How did we feel about this Alexa Cross? Um, sort of new gimmick. She's finally in the ring now. She's doing the thing. She has a match against Nikki Cross. How did we feel about the Alexa Bliss? How do we feel about the gimmick thus far? How we let's give it a performance kind of rating. Let's give it like a progress report type of thing. How do you feel like it's going thus far? Are I you interested? It, I think it's going a lot better. I was intrigued in the match. The match was all story, so I couldn't really like rate if that was like a match or not. That, that match was literally all narrative. Mm-hmm. But I think Alexa is fully, in a way that we've never seen her before, she is fully bought into this character. I'm not going to lie. Like, she's into this silly shit. And I, I got to give her points for that. I, I don't want her to devolve into, like, the Bray madness of her in-ring actually suffering for this, though. I like, agree. Well, I, there's not, it's not that far of a drop. But, yes, I agree. <laughs> I think that, am I wrong in thinking that she's probably going to get her own Fiend uh, character? Oh, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure she's going to. Honestly, you wouldn't be completely honest. This has a potential to live longer than the fiend if they ever decided to go that route. Like, I mm-hmm. think it, it it has potential in itself just from the, the amount she's able to do. She's really, really versatile in the things that she can do. So, I think it has the ability to continue much, much longer than the fiend, who kind of has to who gets old really, really fast. Um, and actually needed Alexa Bliss to spice this thing up. So I'm, we'll see where it goes. I think it could lead to her versus Asuka in the future. I just kind of really throwing Asuka off. Yeah, I think that's where we're going. And um, would you do Charlotte, Nikki Cross at Mania with this gimmick? Charlotte's never no. been Charlotte has never been involved in a gimmick like this. Because the thing to, to like with me right now is that the the Raw women's division, to me, the matches to see, I would honestly, right now from the outset, I would say do Oscar Charlotte again at Mania. Mm. I would do that again at Mania. I feel like they're probably, considering how many times they actually do it, I feel like they're not going to get enough slack out of that. I don't know. It's just weird. I don't know what they're doing for the women's championships at Mania. Or you do, or you do Shayna again. I would do Oscar or Shayna Charlotte. Would be the would be the one for me. That'd be the big money. But you got to get the thing is you you got to build up Shayna differently because if I was looking at Shayna wrestle Oscar and Lana <laughs> in that tag match, now that this was the person that literally beat every woman in the in the women's division in the elimination time. chamber last year, by the way, <laughs> earlier this year. 
within seconds. Yeah, it was literally this year. It was February. And it was mm-hmm. like seconds. And I'm like, and I'm looking at her now. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not mad at the way that they rehabbed her and created a different character. I've, I've actually been one of the proponents that have said this, one of the strongest things that they've done as far as, you know, kind of revamping a character in the, in the yeah. past couple of years. But I, agree. I, think, I think that in order to get her hot again, you can't do it that way again because it's already been done. But you also have to do it in a realistic way where it's just like, she's still a badass, but like she's capable of, of being God. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how she fares against an Oscar and a Charlotte when it's time for her to go on her own. Yeah, I agree. I agree as well. What else happened on this show? Uh, I think Not that's much, pretty much. To be honest, pretty, much, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the big strokes of the show. No Drew this week. I'm pretty sure we'll probably get him talking about something next week. Um, we got a triple threat match between Riddle, uh, Keith Lee, and AJ Styles next week, which, I mean... There's no doubt this will be a great match, but Raw always has great matches. You know, like it's it's about the stuff in between the matches on Raw that we have an issue with. So, um, looking forward to that though next week on Raw. Uh, anything yeah. else, Mills, that, that we haven't covered? I think we have a big match tonight on NXT. I mean, they're real. You'll get to cover this. I mean, Cyrus will cover it a lot more on the War Report. We yeah. have. How did you feel about that moment? How did you feel about the moment? Uh, the, the the main event, the the closing of NXT last week. Oh, it was great. I I'm I am on record of saying since I, I would like to say before Halloween, Halloween Havoc, but if you were to say after Halloween Havoc, I'd be you know I wouldn't disagree. But NXT is on a roll. I'd say NXT is definitely hitting a stride right now as far as really creating these characters and getting getting away from the BS weekly TV that they do normally when it was it didn't really matter and having things that matter i felt as though them keeping undisputed era off the of tv to this moment and having finn come back and int- introduce them i thought it was it was great and i didn't have it spoiled for me so i didn't know what was going to happen but um i thought it was a really great uh ending of the show i thought it was a, a bit rushed obviously i think that's one thing nxt does probably have I mean, a- finn showed up before the ladies left he was like yo yeah. <laughs> I, I love how you said congratulations to eo i thought it was cool i thought eo rio was the match of Literally one of the best matches of the year. I thought it was a great fucking match. I thought it was an incredible match, too. It was really, really aggressive. The whole ear thing still freaks me out of all yeah. the earrings getting pulled out of every ear. You hate, you hate ear stuff. Um, yeah. but, but I think in terms of just the War Games match being set up for Undisputed Era and whatever Pat McAfee's gang is called, I'm all for it. I loved, and I think Quan mentioned this in our chat, he was like, I loved the, uh, the reversal there of Undisputed Era. Hating to hear that, but then turning around and saying, you know, uh, you know, it's I need safe. it. Please say it. Tell me what you're. Please say what I think you're going to say. I think it's going to be a, a spectacular fucking match. Um, Pat McAfee has delivered so far, and I think that he will definitely in this type of environment where you don't need to be like the most, you know, ha- athletic guy in the world. I think he'll he'll definitely shine in this environment, and um, I I'm all for it. I'm excited for NXT this week. Yeah, I will have to unwillingly agree, but I do agree with the Pat McAfee thing. He has delivered in this role thus far. It's something that makes sense, so I can't even be mad at it. It makes fucking sense. Wow. Um, but yeah. Yes, uh, that is This Week in Wrestling. Thank you guys for listening to The A Show. Uh, please make sure you check out uh, our other shows like The Rewriters Room, Spot Callers, and as well as The War Report on this network. Please follow us and leave us five-star reviews. I think we get a new uh, Rewriters Room next week, too. Yes, we do. We actually do. Next week, uh, it's going to be a good one, too. It's going to be a doozy, actually, if I'm if I'm thinking of the one that I'm thinking of. But shout out to Armand and the team there at the Rewriters Room. Follow them also at Rewriters Room RNC. Um, and, yeah, I think that is it. Follow us at RNC, uh, A Show RNC as well on Twitter. Follow me at OG Johnny 5 and Meals at Meals TV. Uh, you know, 
as usual. Have a safe Thanksgiving, yeah. Yeah, be safe, everybody. Uh, and please wear your mask, wash your damn hands, and uh, we'll see you next week on the A Show.